Hi, friend. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. And I hope you guys are good as well. Yes. Hi, friends. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Stacked, the podcast about life and books and life with books. Yes. We hope you're good. How are you though, friend? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I told you I just got a new car. Yeah, woo! Which is so exciting. Everyone clap for Amanda, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so exciting. So exciting, so scary. Mm -hmm. But really, it does feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels good. Mm -hmm. Not behind the wheel, but like, just in general. (laughs) As a concept. (laughs) No, as a concept, it's great. It's great. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. This summer, I'm whipping excursion. Yeah. You're even lucky that I'm not, I don't live in Northwest anymore. I know. Listen... Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm rough. Oh yeah, no. I'm feeling rough. I mean, I'm good, but like, I'm rough. Oh, like, but... I feel like we need to talk about like hangovers after the age of 25 because <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay. It is currently 4 p.m. And you still. 4 p.m. And I'm still like. I always tell everyone, like, at this point, <laughs> drinking is a two day event. Yeah. <laughs> So you have to like factor that in. Yeah, literally <laughs> two days. And I should have thought of that because every bone in my body right now just wants to be curled up like on my couch, just like watching who knows what on Netflix and just not moving. But you know what really helps? What? Going for a run. Oh, oh my God. Get out of here. It does. Like <laughs> exercise. For a yeah, run. like it really gets it. Oh, if you, you can manage. When you're hungover. But if you can manage to yeah. get to the... I don't know, bike or, yeah. you know, gym yeah. or to run, it really gets rid of it. I think if I was a kind of, I bet, like if I was a kind of person who could <laughs> exercise away my if like I was pain. That girl. Exactly. I know people always saying that, like they say that with like period pains as well. They're like, oh, you should exercise. I'm it like, does take away the pain. I'm dying. It does, which is what's so annoying about it. Yeah. If you can get to the gym before you think, don't ask yourself any questions. Like, mm-hmm. should I, do I want to? Mm-hmm. No. But I very rarely achieve that milestone because yeah, that's what obviously. it is. All the girlies in the gym on their periods. Shout out to you. Yeah, honestly, hats off to y'all. So what are you reading? Oh, okay. Actually, I'm so excited to talk about this today because (laughs) it's honestly one of my most anticipated books of the year. And I was really lucky that a friend sent me a proof. (laughs) We actually, we love friends in publishing. Listen. Honestly, all my publishing friends, I love you guys. Shout out to Nancy and And it's not just for the proofs, but (laughs) it's a big part of it. But I finally got my hands on Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong. And I love that now she's also going by Rebecca. Because you know how before it was yeah, just like RF, initials. Yeah. yeah, like to sound kind of like a bit more gender neutrally. Mm. But I love that now it's like, no, my name is Rebecca. I am woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm really, really enjoying it. So we've spoken about Yellow Face before. And the general premise is that it's a book about a white woman who's friends with an Asian woman who dies they're both writers in like New York and like her friend is doing so much better than she is like the Asian woman is doing really well in her career she's managed to get a few things published like she's getting the critical acclaim (laughs) and all of that and then her friend the white woman Juniper Haywood love the name (laughs) you won't love the woman (laughs) (laughs) but her friend Juniper Haywood has had like has published like one book but it hasn't done that well so it's just like classic case of just kind of like I suppose career jealousy but anyway the Asian woman dies and some bad ways yeah yeah and in some way it's terrible I'm not gonna say but like it put it (laughs) it put the fear of God in me I was like you can go like this like this can happen (laughs) to people Um, but yeah she dies and then Juniper Hayward, Miss Juniper Hayward, 
steals like her manuscript that like no one has seen yet no one has read it and basically like passes it off as her own and it's literally a story about like Chinese like laborers in World War One, mm. and she's just passing this off like as like her own idea her own blah 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 she's unhinged like she's actually and it's the fact that as you're reading she's trying to convince you that this isn't an act of really? plagiarism yeah she's like oh but in the end like I I also like I edited it and I filled in all these bits I helped with her pacing like you know it wasn't it wasn't what it the is the shamelessness now. of it all do you know because what I mean? all she had to do was like edit it and do all of that mm-hmm. she could have got some glory and then and honoured exactly. her friend yeah for like you know helping to bring like her friends like post post yeah. yeah no 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 all the glory Miss Thang <laughs> said yeah that's me me. I'm coming for everything. <laughs> and it's so funny because in the book, so her name is Juniper Howard, which is Hayward, which is why I keep saying that. And then when she's releasing the book no, um, that she's stolen, mm. changes her name to Juniper Song. Juniper Song. But anyway, Juniper, it's never going to be well with you. I'm like halfway through the book and I am, when, you, when I say I'm praying for her downfall, like I'm... So excited and I know it's coming as well. But I'm really enjoying it because Mm. it's like so messy. It talks a lot about like the publishing industry and like all that goes on behind doors. (laughs) (laughs) Behind something. (laughs) Yeah, behind something. Yeah, like behind everything else. And so that's like really, really interesting because publishing is messy. I can't wait to read it. They're messy over there. You're going to love it. We're going to have so much to talk about. Yeah, and I love the cover. Yeah, I love the cover Even the I mean, I don't think they'll use that cover, will they? I think they do. They usually change them. I think it's the same, like the eyes. And Mm. then I think it probably says yellow face. Okay. Like a cross it. How about you? What are you reading? I'm reading, what am I reading? Mouthful of Blood by Toni Morrison, which is basically just a collection of her essays Mm -hmm. and also her speeches. Mm -hmm. And one of them in here that I'm on right now is James Baldwin's Eulogy. Oh, oh, wow. It is so... Yeah, I cried. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. But it's so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I bet. And it makes you think... I want to live a life that someone could sit and mm. write that about me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is, it's, incredible. yeah, it's Imagine incredible. being eulogized by Toni Morrison, though. Damn, mm. you know you've lived. <laughs> <laughs> you've lived a life. You've lived a life. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, it's that really good. That sounds really interesting, though. And, and in general, just, you know, she's amazing. She's and I a... haven't read any of her nonfiction. Mm. So, no, neither. I was literally yeah. just thinking that. I've actually never read... Um, Toni Morrison's nonfiction, which is interesting because I love listening to her speak. She was obviously like a incredibly brilliant woman, so I'm sure like it's there must be so much insight in there. Yeah, she's quite funny. Yeah, I think she's hilarious. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I actually think she was hilarious. Yeah, so I recommend it because it's very broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't read it in chronological order. I okay, just yeah, jump just around whatever you feel like. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's all like essays and. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Mouthful of sure. blood. Mouthful of blood, everybody. Yeah, I really like that name, actually. Yeah, I love the name. That's why I picked it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was in there. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. This episode, we are talking about literary blind spots, which we're defining as the gaps in our reading on perspectives or experiences that we completely have just missed Mm. or when we have kind of engaged with those experiences and perspectives, we've only got them from one angle. Yeah. Mm. And so there's a quote by Chinua Chaba that says, people create stories, create people, or rather stories create people, create stories. Mm. And I feel like it speaks to both the power to create realities 
but also how we can passively just reproduce the things that we consume, whether through books or films. Mm. And it also reminds me of that TED Talk by Chimamanda Adichie, which... Um, Iconic. Yeah, what is it called? it's called The Danger of a Single Story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she basically says that stories create real-life associations. And so there is an element of responsibility in whom we choose to make villains, for example. Mm. I feel like the Americans and the Russians, like every American villain is a... Is Russian. Russian. They, need, they need to think about that. Do you know what I mean? It's not the 1950s anymore, guys. We can move on. Literally. Um, so, like, this kind of thing can just lead, it can lead to erasure and misconceptions about each other. So, I feel like in this episode, we're kind of G-checking ourselves. Mm. <laughs> um, and we want to talk about the books that, like, celebrate the books that manage to avoid stereotypes, mm-hmm. if, if there are any that come to mind. But also talk about the gaps that we have, the gaps we want to work on. Yeah. So yeah, settle in. Very nice. Yeah. So are there any kind of books that kind of like opened up your worldview or like kind of made you realise that there was kind of like a gap in your reading in a sense and then they filled that gap without you realising? I think you again probably started on two occasions. Mm. The first one was with nervous conditions Mm. because my experience of colonial Africa um, was only through men yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that book was so good at just giving like the complete like even giving the perspective of men but mm. for, it's so weird how um even with, like, if we say nervous conditions like she fully gives the perspective of women but mm-hmm. also touches enough on the perspective of of the men yeah whereas i feel like things fall apart that series which i did really enjoy and mm-hmm, love mm-hmm. but i felt like the women were just background characters. just background characters mm-hmm. in the peripheral yeah mm-hmm. and it really opened me up to how it's not. I'm not mad for enjoying things fall apart, mm-hmm. but I just did not notice yeah. that they were peripheral. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, that's just enough. Yeah, but isn't that <laughs> what's scary though? Very. Yeah, like especially like as women ourselves, the fact that we read it and I'm the same. Like it never really occurred to me. I was like, oh, it was only like years later after I'd read a bit more and I read like nervous conditions as well that I looked back and I was like, hold on. There's no notable characters, like no notable female characters in Things Fall Apart. Yeah, like he mentioned some of them, but they're only notable because it's like they're the favourite of the main character mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not not anything yeah. more than that. Or yeah. they cause grievance to the main character. Yeah, It's like, who are they? How is this kind of shift in culture? How is it affecting them? What's going on with them? You know, we yeah. don't get any of that. None. Mm. So that you did that. And then the second time you did it was when you gave me Under the Oodala Trees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy Pride, y'all. Happy Pride. Did I give it back? I mean, I have one. Yeah, then you can. Okay. It back. <laughs> I was like, I have a coffee, right? <laughs> no, I think I gave it back to you, like, but like very recently, maybe. <laughs> it's like I saw it in my library. Yeah. So I think those were the first two times where I thought, oh. And actually, to speak to that, because Under the Odollar Trees by Chinelo Peranta, I'll I think is her check. name, but um, is about two I suppose queer girls living and growing up in Nigeria but what I really liked about it they were exploring like obviously queerness but then also it wasn't I don't know how to say this I feel like a lot of the time in these stories or like that kind of thing you expect it to be coming from kind of like middle to upper class characters especially like in an African context Mm. so I loved that it was about two queer people that live like a very uh simple life yeah 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 so well shouts out to you 
So what about you? You know, the first fact that comes to mind for me is actually The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon, which is this book about this, like, the main character is, like, a 15-year-old boy on the autism spectrum mm. who's trying to, like, investigate the murder of, like, his neighbor's dog, essentially. And it was a really interesting one, actually, because I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, YA or an adult book. I actually have no idea. Mm. I love it's that, one of, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of those ones that can literally appeal to anyone like mm. the kids could read it and they'll get something from it I read it and like I got something from it I actually enjoyed it so much that I wrote my personal statement really? <laughs> university. yeah on the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime because it was the first time I feel like that I read a book about someone or like a character on the spectrum mm. that gave me so much insight into like an experience I'd never really read or thought about too much before. It was only literally from this book that I started to understand things like sensory issues or like overstimulation and how that can be like distressful for people who are like on the spectrum or to be fair, anyone can get like overstimulated. So I think that was like the first one that I read and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like this is a different like experience of life like one that I haven't considered yet as much and one that I haven't I'm doing myself and other people a disservice by not kind of like reading into and like learning more about yeah so definitely that one I really enjoyed it I'll honestly like recommend it to anyone even now yeah yeah it's really good yeah no that's interesting and it's like even I haven't read anything like that Mm. but even there's there's some areas that I feel like I am clued in on Mm. and then I read a book and I'm like Oh, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I need to know more. Yeah, and I think so. Another one for me is Persuasion by Jane Austen, mm-hmm. which is about a character called Fanny or mm-hmm. or, or Fran. Okay. I think it's Fanny. Fanny moves in with her rich family, and she's like a cousin to this rich family, mm-hmm. and she's really yeah, she's very working class. And mm. then there's very there's some ways that she behaves that I would not associate with being working class mm-hmm. I associate with just like oh you're just not confident or oh like you just don't know how to speak up for yourself mm-hmm. like just grow up mm-hmm. but actually it really I, I understood that when you come from that sometimes confidence is part of your upbringing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you know one thing I always notice like in films when rich people get kidnapped mm-hmm. they're so rude to the kidnappers <laughs> they're like no fuck you or they're like fighting or they're like they're not afraid yeah. but when when like a poorer character is kidnapped they're just like you know mm-hmm. afraid and I feel like I don't know if, I don't know if you've witnessed that as well but I feel like I've <laughs> I see that a lot yeah. and where they just have this expectation where they're going to be saved mm-hmm. it's going to be fine yeah like mm-hmm. nothing that they do will have serious fearful repercussions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think reading that character acting very small Mm -hmm. and then the justification for her behavior coming in very clearly for me Mm -hmm. like as part of her upbringing in Mm -hmm. comparison to her cousins who were so confident and for no reason Mm -hmm. or no they had no more reason to be confident than she had she had Mm -hmm. yeah so that stuff like that yeah oh so kind of like class essentially yeah Mm. like i felt like i understood it in one way and that kind of opened it up for me more mm, like yeah. how like it can really manifest in like real life real ways yeah like it's not just you know your house is bigger than mine it's mm. like you're instilled with certain confidences and certain kind of like characteristics that like aren't even available to me literally that yeah so I thought it was just oh you can't buy this or mm-hmm. you share a room with your brother mm-hmm. no it's, I think it's deeper than that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that really exposed me to that yeah because it's literally it's how you really move in the world isn't it I mean, I thought I would have known that. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
okay, persuasion, is it? You yeah. Know? Like, honestly, don't hang me out to dry, but I do not, I have not read that much Jane Austen. No, I mean, I don't, I actually was shamed into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, we're living with flatmates and they were like, I was like, yeah, I love to read it. Like, they were like, have you read Jane Austen? And I was like, no. And they were like, have you read da da da? And I was like, no. And then it was like, they were like, so what do you read? <laughs> Literally. And so I was like, well, let me check out this lady. Yeah, but yeah. But actually, I really loved her. Yeah. So. No, yeah. like, when I sit in my, I, when I sit, but, like, most times, the certain, <laughs> like, classics, I'll be like, oh, my God, no. But then I'll pick it up and I'm like. I get it. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I get it. Some I'm of them like, I pick up really and I'm good. like, no. Yeah. Actually, have I not read any Jane Austen? Thing is, this is the one I started with. Everyone says Sense and Sensibility and mm-hmm. Pride and whoever. Oh, no. I have read Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Okay. I, I haven't read Pride and Prejudice. Huh? I haven't read it. That's funny. I read Persuasion, Emma, and another one. Another one. Mm-hmm. I think I read Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. They're all pretty the I same I feel like thing. they all are pretty good, probably. Yeah. They're all really good. They're all really funny. Really well written. So witty. Consistent, reliable. Laugh, yeah. So, like, laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely. Like, I remember reading Pride and Prejudice and I thought, I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Like, the, the mum. Oh, I don't remember it. her name. Don't remember but... her name. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. Hilla. Hilla. We love that. So, actually, another one that I read and that I feel like gave me some kind of like insight into like a specific kind of experience was actually like the immigrant experience. And I'm an immigrant myself. So it's like, girl, you should, <laughs> you should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that I had to read into yeah. it, but like... Um, but some of them are different. Some immigrant experiences it, yeah, are different. Yeah, it's very different experiences. Yeah, so I read it was... Um, a book of short stories is The Interpreter of Maladies by Jhumpa Lahiri. Mm. Have you read that? That name? Yeah. I've really, never read really it, but good. the name. It's really, really good. So I feel like in the entire collection, just the way that she kind of explores the tension that can kind of arise like for like immigrants, kind of like when you're caught between this thing of like your roots and the new world and you're just kind of like in the middle, like a weird kind of way. So... With the interpreter of maladies, it's like not exactly about the immigrant experience itself, Mm. but more about like when you're in this like alien land and like how are you assimilating or like when you go back home after like you haven't been there for ages, like how does that feel? Yeah. Like how do you feel? How do you manipulate? Well, how we maneuver those kind of like really kind of nuanced situations, you know? And like I feel like that really spoke to me because I always feel a kind of way about going home. Mm. and it's funny because it's like is that even still my home like is this my home like so it kind of explores all of that and like I really liked that yeah I enjoyed that I love I think more people should read it because I've often especially right now we're in the middle of like an immigrant crisis and Mm -hmm. finding space to keep asylum seekers and Mm. often people look at asylum seekers and they're kind of like you're so expensive and Mm. you're our taxes are being spent on this. And there's this assumption that they just come here and they want to mooch. and For funsies. Nobody wants to be here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They just don't want to. Do you know what the weather's like here? <sighs> like, it's not it's not fun mm, at mm-hmm. all. I, just, I don't know. It just I feel like it's really important that people step back. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the immigrant is... We don't... We don't come here thinking, mm. yes, mm-hmm. free healthcare, mm-hmm. and like we just want to take everything from the yeah. British people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so much more painful, so much longing and loss and confusion. Exactly. 
dislocation. Exactly. Like my mom landed here. She was like, <laughs> take me back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's like, the people are suffering here. She said mm-hmm. that she went to one of those outside phone what are they called? Phone, phone booth. booth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She went into a phone booth, like called her sister and was like, send some money over. Like, yeah. I, I gotta get back. <laughs> send a ticket. Like, <laughs> Get me one way back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to also check out that one. I think it's good. And yeah. you're so right about like that, about like the disillusionment and the confusion of the immigrant experience. I feel like a lot of people just need to take a step back and like maybe look at it with some empathy and stop seeing actual human beings it's just like numbers like these are literally people's real lives like no one's trying to come over here for like funsies or just to do something like what you think you think they were just bored at home and they decided you know what let's go meet on the british no that's what you guys thought that's what you do i was literally just about to say (laughs) if anything but you know that's what happens right it's because that's what they do that's why they think that we want to do it. <laughs> so you think everyone is like you. Everyone's just like traveling to foreign lands to completely discombobulate them. No. No. Some people are just trying to escape from situations that perhaps maybe your country had a lot to do with creating. You said maybe. <laughs> did. <laughs> and did. <laughs> so like what gaps do you feel like you still have? Mm. Or that you want and you're interested in filling? I feel like we were also kind of talking about this a few episodes back because mine is always going to be, not always going to be, but currently what's on my mind is like a gap that I need to fill in my reading is just reading more disability, like narratives and stories. I think we were talking about it like a few episodes ago and we recommended like disability visibility, which I really want to read now. But to be fair also, because that was nonfiction, right? No, it's fiction. It's fiction. Yeah, oh yeah, it was stories. like stories. Yeah. See, yeah. that's what I need to get into. Yeah. So I think that for me currently is kind of like the biggest gap because like as you're saying I feel like you kind of know things generally but then I really want to get into like the nuance the nuances of like things that I might not be seeing I might not be aware of yeah yeah and that I might be also because I'm not aware of them helping to like perpetuate yeah so yeah and that's the other fear mm. if you don't make yourself aware then you just become part of the problem yeah and as you get older, there's this quote by James Baldwin. He says something like, he's talking to racists and he's saying like, at some point, if you're still saying things like, you know, I was raised this way, like mm. you're just a monster. Mm. Like, because once you have the awareness and the capacity to learn and, yeah. and, and unlearn, mm. and unlearn mm-hmm. you need to do that. Yeah, exactly. But I'm the same. And like when I've been ill and I spent lots of time in hospital, mm. it's really exposed me to what people's lives are like when mm. you actually have to engage with the hospital mm. regularly, regular blood tests. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard, especially if you have to balance other things in your life, mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. hopes that you have for yourself when you have to slow down mm. and you're seeing, like, you have to take a year off school and the rest of your cohort is, like, moving forward. Yeah. All of that is so hard and, yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I just feel like I don't even know... Besides disability vis- visibility, I don't mm. even know where I'm going to start. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's also the same. Which is to say, honestly, if anyone has any good recommendations for like good disability fiction or nonfiction, anything that you yourself read on the topic that you felt like you gained so much from or that taught you anything, like please send it our way. Because yeah, like I'm really trying to read a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of other gaps I feel like I I have. Mm-hmm. 
I think some of them are just cultural gaps. Like mm. I feel like in Ooh. terms of geography, yeah. where I'm getting most of my fiction from is Africa, yeah. UK, US. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else I'm kind of like, every now and then I'm like South America, mm-hmm. but Middle East, mm-hmm. South Asia, East Asia, mm. I'm not really, the numbers are not the same. Yeah. Very disparate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking to that, like, but one of my friends recently, uh, she gave me this book of short stories. So she's Thai. She's half Thai, I think. And she gave me a book of short stories from a Thai writer. And I was like, I realized, I was like, I've never read anything from Thailand. I haven't. So I was like, thank you so much for this. And then I loved it because it was like a book of short stories that also draws on kind of like their mythology. So I'm really excited to read that Yeah, one. wow. Yeah. Because I feel like there's, when you read from like other countries, other places, and we were saying this before, just about like how it exposes you to like new ways of using words even really. Yeah, new yeah. metaphors, new kind of, I don't know, whatever else we do with language. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's the same, it's kind of like when we went, me and Gabby went to Peru, mm. and I was telling you how in the Quechua language, yeah. there's no response for how are you, except I'm feeling Don't excellent. Worry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think even just that is just so interesting, and it tells you, or it says something about like the culture that where, you know, that originated from, even just like on a small, like minute way. So I feel like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we're always finding like innovative ways to have fun or learn things or do this. And sometimes like all of this stuff is just hidden away in this these like communities or mm. other like knowledge bases and mm. sources. So yeah, I think from a geographical perspective, I have many gaps. Yeah. And yeah, I think obviously we talked about this already, but nonfiction, historical fiction, I feel like I, I could love historical fiction. I think I could do some more on that. I think you're 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 definitely really good at that. I, that's the only way that I learn history. That's <laughs> like, genuinely, that's how I get all my history. <laughs> I just read a I don't want the book about it. Yeah, literally. One day I'm going to be talking about, like, I don't know, the most random thing. Like, it's <laughs> the occupation of like, blah, blah. And they'll be like, that never happened. <laughs> and I'm like, but it did in the poppy war. <laughs> I'm it screaming. did in this fiction book that I read. What do you mean it's not accurate? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, but, but I mean, if you don't want to get into like dense historical books, because I'm like, I'm not a professor at Oxford. Like, <laughs> I don't have time or the attention span for this. Like, I need some kind of narrative with yeah. my facts. You know? No, and the reason why they're actually really important is because a lot of like history explains the situation today. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I love to learn about history from the perspective of an individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it just gives much more... Texture. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I went to a Malaysian restaurant yesterday and it just feels like a culture that is... like There's a lot of different... I think it's like made up of Chinese, Indian, different yeah, yeah, Asian yeah. ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, what is the history there? Mm. And I, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't like the feeling. Yeah, yeah. And the guy, the wait, the waiter, we were choosing the food, and he was like very boring. He was like, "You come to a Malaysian restaurant and you choose this." So, oh, he drugged you. Yeah, he was like, "We're in, we're in a Malaysian restaurant. Let's." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" He said, "Let's let's switch it up. Let's do better." Like what? <laughs> what he did was, you get? 
I don't. I can't pronounce it because it's one of those menus that were in. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you guys get adventurous then? Oh my gosh. Well, I ruined it, and then Temi, he Temi was like choosing it based on his responses. Mm-hmm. So she was like this, and he was like, <laughs> good thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, but it was really good we have to go sometime it's in Camden actually oh yeah yeah, we should go well we should go someday (laughs) like now (laughs) on blind spots like another thing I was thinking about for this episode is and also based on Shinobu Chebe's quote of you know stories create people people create stories da 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 Mm what stories do you want people to create? What do you want to see more of that you don't feel like is really out there for you? What do I want to see more of? You know, I don't want to speak definitively because I'm like, I don't know if what this is... is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is actually out there or yeah. not. Like, I'm just going to be like, I'd like to see a book about a black woman <laughs> who's doing this and that. And then everyone's going to be like, have you heard have you- of <laughs> blank? Um, But I think... Hmm. You know, you answer first. <laughs> I'm I think. I think about this. I think. What do I want to see more? Of? Yeah. What do you want to see? I more think of? I was telling you when I was coming here that I want to see more of that person who sent in the book request saying I want to see stories of young African people mm-hmm. living in Africa, mm-hmm. just normal lives, happy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing to do with like colonialism, and mm-hmm. I want to see those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. I also want to see stories about. African leaders are not corrupt. Mm. I'm not saying. I mean, where are they? Though? I'm not saying that they exist. Yeah. But I would love. I would love for people to create it, so maybe someone can see it and emulate. Yeah. <laughs> stories create people. Yeah. Like people create stories, <laughs> create people. Like if 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 I actually believe that a story could create a person, mm-hmm. I would love to see that story because I don't think I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I want to see that. I want to see like nice guys finishing first stories. Mm. I was. Okay, that is like a good one. I was going to say, I want to see more diversity in kind of like male characters. Yeah. Especially like the main, like if it's like a protagonist. So yeah, I want to see more diversity in the kind of archetype that we assign to male characters, especially when they're like the protagonist. Because I feel like it's honestly like maybe like three. Like Heartthrob. And I couldn't even... Oh yeah, Heartthrob, Bad Boy. Bad Boy. Heartthrob. (laughs) I was going to say psychopath. <laughs> yes. No, I think that's it. It's the psychopath. Heartthrob. Bad boy. Psychopath. Literally. That's literally it. Yeah. And I'm like, there's more out there. You yeah. Know? We know so many multifaceted, interesting men in real life. So it's like... I want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it. I also want to see more interesting villains I know you were saying this earlier about like the whole thing about Americans always making Russians villains I'm like let's step out of that like I want to see give me the Joker (laughs) yeah I want to see more of that yeah exactly the the villain that you're not sure if if you're on their side or not I love a villain I'm almost always on their side (sighs) I know no I get it though yeah but I love villains Bane (laughs) I'm on his side yeah I love a villain. I feel like they're so much more interesting to me than just like a a good person. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking what else I want to see. Like, But not just villains though. I want to see like unrepentant black female villains. Yes. I would love that. Love it. I want to see that. I would love that. I don't even know any off my head. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're out there, guys. I'm not saying they're not there. Oh, actually <laughs> speaking to that, I feel like also... 
what I would like to see less of is that, you know, every time there's like a female like villain or like a female antagonist, I don't like when it's always like linked back to this like really tragic story when it's like flashback oh there she is being you know i don't know yeah abused oh there she is losing x y and z and that's why she's and that's why she's like this today feel bad for her guys no what if i'm just bad yeah i want to see that what if i'm just evil what if i just want to watch the world burn because the world is a tricky place do you know what i mean it might deserve it but like I would love to see I that. I want to see actually. that. If anyone has any recommendations for that. Yeah, if this is existing. Yeah, literally, <laughs> if this exists, I need to have it now. But yeah, I'm kind of just playing now. Yeah, anymore? Yeah, that's, I'm trying to think, anymore for anymore? Anymore. Is it really bad? I want to see like bad children as well. <laughs> Evil kids? Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> or like more more stories about children looking at adults and just thinking, what are they on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you guys Like, this on? looks gross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to like graduate to this? Yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I want stories written by adults from, from the perspective of children. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know, I want to see the world through their eyes. Yeah. But like, I'm with you on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why. But I want them to be disapproving of yeah. what they see. <laughs> yeah. And I want them to have like records. Like, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't prove like this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you. tell us also what you guys want to see. I feel like I want to hear that. Yeah. Now it's time for our book request segment where we take book requests from you guys and try to recommend books that match. So, yeah. Okay, so this week we have a listener that says, Hey, Seth. Hey. <laughs> Need your help, please. I recently read the African trilogy, Things, for, which is, of course, by Chinua Achebe, and that encompasses like things fall apart and no longer at ease. I don't remember the third one. That, I think that was a third one. Arrow of God is the second oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Things Fall Apart, Arrow of God, No Longer at Ease by Shinya Wachebe. I see this person recently read that and was low-key obsessed for so many reasons. For each of you, what do you love most about Achebe's work? And could you recommend any other book that you love for the same reason? Cute. You can start. <laughs> no, this actually... People actually often ask this. Yeah. I feel like this person is a man because men often ask me this. Because mm. I feel like oh, men... men love things fall apart. Yeah. Why and, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and so I always go to Chigose Obioma and mm. I just say read what he's written because mm. I think it does a similar thing. But I honestly think with more sensitivity. Mm. So I, I actually think it's like an evolution of Chinua Jebo's work. Mm. Oh. So, so that's like... The Fisherman. Yeah. And, um, Which I've had on my shelves for so long and yeah. I still haven't uh, picked up. Amaka, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back my copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an orchestra of minority. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, two okay, for two. Yeah, I'm that. Okay, so those two. Well, what do you love most about Jebba's work, though? The writing. The writing. He's, my God, like, literary. Mm-hmm. That's his middle name. Mm-hmm. So good. He is good. Yeah, and then I think he's really good at plot. Mm, like mm-hmm. he builds tension and mm-hmm. builds world and mm-hmm. I really felt like I was in colonial Africa like mm-hmm. I was in in like colonial Nigeria sorry mm-hmm. and also just it's such a nice insight into the Ibo culture mm-hmm. didn't I have Ibo friends but yeah yeah it was nice to, to know more about it so I think I those are the main things yeah I actually always greatly enjoy learning about Nigerian culture oh yes yeah yeah okay and yeah this is actually so Chigo's a 
Obioma is similarly Ibo mm. and does talks a lot about or writes a lot about Ibo cosmology. Mm. So oh, I love that. Song. That would be the Shut connection. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Cool. And for me, what do I love most about Chiba's work? I think the same as you. Like, I love the writing. And I love that also he was actually my introduction to African literature. Mm. So I feel like because of that, he just always has, like, a special place in yeah. my heart. Same, actually. Yeah. So I love that. What other books would I recommend? Also, we can't do Nervous Conditions, but then, you know, that is what I would have recommended. Yeah, we can do that. We can. <laughs> or, like, also in Gujiwa Tiongo. Also, not a book, but he's essentially almost like, I'm so sorry that I'm about to say this, but he's like the Kenyan. <laughs> he's the Kenyan Chiriwai Chebe. Do you know what? <laughs> as long as he's older than him, I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, Ngugi's still alive. It's also an honor. Yeah. No, and I mean yeah. it, like, yeah. as an honor. Yeah. But yeah, so I would recommend him. I think we were speaking about it previously, but like, he also, his writing is incredible. Love a Grain of Wheat or The River Between. So I feel like if you just read the Chinua Chaba series and you're kind of wanting something that's along the same vein, then I would go for Ngugi Wationgo. Yeah. I'd also recommend The First Woman by Jennifer McCombe. You love that book. I do. Oh my you goodness. <laughs> she said again? <laughs> she said, I'm just going to run that back real quick. <laughs> On to takeaways. What is your takeaway? My takeaway is to read more geographically. Like you really, yeah, you dragged me with that one. Like when I thought about it, I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, she's actually so right. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's entire sections of the world that like whose literature I know nothing about and I've never read. That's a bit nuts. Yeah. You know what I actually really want to get into? Tell me. Russian literature. Come on. Yeah. Because apparently they slay. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're so silly. I know, no, we're so silly. So yeah, I wanna read more widely. I especially wanna get into some Russian literature, actually. So yeah. that would be great. Yeah, I mean that was literally mine. I was going to say I need to read more widely. But also the second one, because you said it initially, but I think the experience of disability, I need to read yeah. more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's me as well. Yeah. Geographical mm-hmm. and more experiences. On disability yeah okay yeah all right then thank you so so much for tuning into today's episode we love having you with us we hope you enjoyed it we hope that this episode encourages you to close some gaps in your reading mm-hmm. join us next week we will be discussing book talk we'll be talking book talk <laughs> book talk books <laughs> amanda is not excited i'm not i don't even <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll learn something. We're talking about gaps, so... Yeah, no, you won't learn anything. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to learn much. We're going to talk about Colleen Hoover, guys, next week, I think. So, tune in for that. Tune in. First, I need to let Amanda know who Colleen Hoover is. (laughs) I've actually seen her, people reading her on the train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll see her everywhere. Yeah. Honestly, like, they love her. But yeah, in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at the Stacks Pod and join our little book community. We share our reading lists on there and loads of other good little tidbits. 
yeah follow us oh also do not forget to like and rate the podcast please wherever you listen to it that would be great so yeah this has been stacked and remember people pick up a book close some gaps (laughs) (laughs) 